Hey there, Squash fans, and thanks for coming back to another episode of The Breakdown. This weekend is Super Bowl weekend, so we decided to join in the fun by digging into some wings. Well, we talk about wings. And then we dip our toes into the future of sports and fan engagement by breaking down sports betting. Stay tuned at the end for Bill's favorite segment of this show, the fan follow-up. And we also will hear what Bill's bold prediction is for the Super Bowl. Check it out. A quick thank you again to our sponsor, Baya Sports. They are both Bill and mine's favorite squash shoe ever because they feel great and they look great. And one of those big no-nos is we do sometimes wear them outside the house just because we like them so much. So go to biasports.us and check out their newest Force X. That's biasports.us. Enjoy the show. What about this? This call is being recorded. So I, I think what we need to do is come up with a title for this, first of all. All right. Well, why don't you say yours, or I'll say mine first, then you go with yours. Okay. You ready? Go. All right. Winging it and heads or tails. <laughs> no. Um, the well, title, what's yours? Winner, winner, chicken wing dinner. Ugh. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's, it, look, it's not bad. No, no. So. Genius. Genius. All right. All right. Let's roll. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the breakdown. This is breakdown number what, Bill? Number five, Connor. Number five. All right. Well, we're going to take an inspiration from some other event that's going on this weekend. And I don't really follow baseball that much, but um, it's the Super Bowl weekend. <laughs> we are actually recording on a Sunday morning, the Sunday morning of Super Bowl. So we've never recorded a, Monday, a, a morning podcast ever. So just a, a little warning to our listeners. Typically, we record these podcasts at the end of the day when I'm a little quiet and mellow, and I've had now had three cups of black coffee. So if you feel that I'm talking a little faster and a little more than normal, um, at least there's an excuse. But yes, today is uh, Super Bowl Sunday, so uh, the, uh, the the largest betting day of the year and the largest um, uh, one of the largest food days of the year. So we're going to talk about uh, um, a little bit of both, a little bit of both, a little, little bit of uh, gambling and a little bit of, uh, of uh, chicken wing eating. I like it. So, uh, and and you've done a lot of research coming into this, so I can't wait to kind of get that out. But let's kick it off with winging it. So, Bill, I think we need to distinguish this in two different ways because there's restaurant wings and then there's home wings, like ho- wings you can make at home. Where mm-hmm. do you want to start? Either one. I'm going to leave it to you because you're not going to have a chance to talk a lot during this podcast <laughs> because of my coffee intake. So I would say where you have the opportunities, go. Okay. Well... I think let's start off with the restaurant and destination wings. And we can't wait to hear feedback. Send them into squashradio at gmail.com or, or ping us on social media. But, you know, because obviously with your burger comments, this sparked a lot of a uh, lot of uh, feedback, customer fan feedback. So destination wings, if you could go anywhere right now, do you have a, do you have a top one place or are there a few places for destination wings for you? Right now, because it's the dead of winter here and it is snowing like a banshee outside. Um, and, and here's where I'll differentiate between my burgers and wings, um, just to give a little little contrast. So with with a burger, it doesn't really matter the atmosphere for the most part. You know, it, I, I don't care where I eat the burger. It has to be good. So whether it's like sitting, staring at the ocean or sitting in a blizzard in a dive bar, the burger needs to be good for to enjoy it where wings are a little different. So wings, where you eat them and like the atmosphere you're in. Um, 
really lends the difference. So right now, I would say if I could pick one place to sit and have a pile of wings and uh, and and watch watch some football or do whatever you need to do, it would probably be right now because it's the dead of winter. There's a place in Delray Beach we go to at Christmas time called Johnny Brown's, which is uh, and their wings are very very good. Uh, not not the best wings in the world, not the greatest wings in the world, but just the atmosphere there. It's a it's a divey little bar uh, that is within a neighborhood of very fancy places. And so it's like one of the few divey places in an area that's full of fancy places. Uh, and it's in Florida and it's probably 80 degrees there right now. Well, and then what if you had to pick one destination and just cause we are more in the Northeast, I'm going to uh, pin you down for Connecticut, New York city and Philadelphia. Sure. What are your destination wings there? All three places. Yeah. Oh, uh, Connecticut Porky's. Uh, it's a, it's a little dive bar in Shelton, Connecticut, uh, which is probably about 25 minutes away for, from where I am right now. Probably, probably overall the best wings I've ever had, uh, consistent. with good atmosphere. Doesn't matter. Uh, their, their atmosphere is, is, is for, for them. You could even get their wings to go, but yeah, they have great atmosphere. It's a bar. It's a, it's a good sports bar. They're known for the wings. People are there for their wings. That's what people go there for. So it's, uh, it, it's an excellent, great place. Um, and very consistent, which is, which is a, a big key also. So okay. there in Connecticut, for sure, that would be my number one place. Philadelphia, I would say my number one place is uh, Moriarty's. Uh, it's, I don't know Philadelphia well enough to know exactly what section of Philadelphia it is. So go ahead and use the Google machine and uh, see if you could find it. But uh, we, we go there in October, obviously for work every year. And we go to Moriarty's a couple of times when we're there. What differentiates their wings from other places is they serve you the whole wing, including the tip. So they don't cut their wings. So you don't get the drum separated from the wing separated from the tip. It's all one big wing they throw on your plate and make you fight it. So it's, it's cool in that respect. And again, you look around when you go there and everybody has a big pile of wings on their, uh, on their plate and they're ridiculously saucy and messy and there's napkins everywhere. And the place is, you know, somewhat disgusting by the time you leave your booth, but uh, awesome place in Philadelphia. And then what about New York? And we can break it down New York City metro area. And if maybe you have a New York State one. Uh, New York, I, I'm going to probably stick with the, I'm, I'm trying to think. Yeah, so New York State, and I haven't been to this place in years, and it's in Westchester. I believe it's in Mamaroneck. There's a place called the Candlelight Inn. Yeah, which is, I bet. It's, been it's solid. Yeah. yeah, it's been so long since I've been there. And it's just, it's a cool little bar. And who knows now with COVID what it's like there. Uh, but yeah, there are wings were incredible we used to my wife and i used to trek there quite often on, on like a saturday afternoon to go get some wings and a beer um so i'd go candlelight in and in the city unfortunately the place that i used to think had the best wings in the city i just read is closing unfortunately oh no and it's Which uh, one it's called rathbones and it was a bar on the upper east side it was like on eight and you know it uh, yeah it definitely rings a bell i'm not i'm not it's like on second avenue and on like 87th street or 88th street uh green awning has some outside seating they used to have a, a, a narrow bar very narrow bar yeah. and then in the back there was some seating and they used yeah. to have back in the day when i first moved to new york i used to consider that my local bar before i realized that having a bar two avenues away is way too far in new york city for that to be considered your local bar um, and there was like a hundred other bars on, on the way there, but they used to have the best burger wing combination quality wise. Like their burger was phenomenal on an English muffin and their wings were really, really good. And they used to do one thing with their wings that I used to, and I used to tell the, uh, the, the server, uh, cause they used to bring their wings over with the bowl. Do you remember with the bowl over them? So they yeah. had like this old school wooden bowl. 
Yeah. So they would serve the wings and they were phenomenal wings, but they'd come to the, to the table and they'd have the, like a wooden bowl over them. And so by the time you'd eat them, they would lose their crunch. So I used to always tell the waitress and it, depending on who the, they, the server was, whether they were a veteran or not, or new, I'd say, Hey, could you just make sure you don't, uh, put the bowl over the wings. And if, if the veterans servers knew me, they were like, yeah, no problem. And, uh, the, the newer way like, would be clueless. And so occasionally I'd get it bowlless and sometimes not bowlless. Well, Bill always making fans everywhere. Um, let's break down what the your ideal wing. Like, what are you looking for? If there, if you were judging a competition, and I want you to talk through the criteria of what you would be judging it. So before we do that, would you mind? <laughs> Again, this could be the coffee talking. Before we get into that, I, I'd like just to know that. So so the whole wing phenomenon has always been uh, something that kind of blows my mind, like like the amount of chickens in the world and like wings. Like you, you realize like you, you could be sitting at a bar Well, when, when you could sit at bars and there'd be a person sitting next to you with like a plate of 50 wings, right? Or a group, a yeah. table, 50 wings. And there's only four wings per chicken. And that's one bar, one table. Like the amount of chickens that it takes to like produce wings is like absolutely mind blowing. I mean, billions and billions of chickens. I mean, one bar, 50 wings on a plate, divided that by four. That's how many chickens they had to use for just that one plate of wings. And these wings are being like eaten all over the world. On Super Bowl Sunday alone, Connor, just know I did I did my research. Super Bowl Sunday alone, 1.4 billion wings eaten in the United States, which means that 700 million chickens gave their will give their lives for Super Bowl Sunday alone. Does that, does that like... I, I'm not sure the math works out. Again, this is just yeah. I was I was trying to double check your math. I think yes. Okay, yeah. I see. But it's a lot. One point four billion wings eaten. That's that's ridiculous. Fifty wings equals twelve dead chickens. Crazy. So that's just a little tangent uh, well, th- for yeah. my part, just to give you guys a little, you know, little perspective on the, the don't 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 raise your kid to be a chicken. I guess it's well. And, you know, and some could go plant-based, right? Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. That's, the that's my effort towards yes. uh, the greater world. So, okay. Yes. Break down the criteria for the wing. Sure, sure. It's it, uh, the, the, the crispiness, the size of the wing, number one, it needs to have a good amount of meat on it, the crispiness and the sauce. So I'm, I'm not a, a huge fan of anything other than buffalo wings. So there, it has to be a pretty phenomenal wing for me to eat it with anything else that other than what is called buffalo sauce, what people refer to, which is hot sauce, which is really for the most part, just Frank's red hot and some butter combined, or if other, other places, you know, make their own hot sauce. So, uh, the, 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 the sauce is key. The crispiness of the wing is key and the size is key for sure. It, it really would have to be special for me to order a wing that wasn't Buffalo. That was like another one of these flavors that people offer. So what about spice level? I mean, are you looking for something that burns your mouth a little bit or you are you okay with mild? Like where do you where are you in following the spice? 100% I'm a spicy person. So here here's my pet peeve because we always know we have to have a pet peeve when it comes to any of this stuff. My pet peeve is especially when for you, Bill. Especially for Bill. You go into a bar and you sit down and you open up and you go, "Wow, this place has, you know, known for its wings. Let's order some wings." And it goes and you open up the thing and it says, "Order your wings hot." medium or mild now how the f if you've never been in this place before are you supposed to know what any of those are i mean they're hot maybe might be mild to you it, or it may be like you can't even put your lips on them and it will blow your face off so i prefer to only go to wing places that basically serve their wings you know what and if i think they're hot enough i go back there again and 
and, and get them. Otherwise I won't, but for, for restaurants to like say mild, medium, spicy, is just so stupid. If you've never been there before. I completely agree. And, and I'm going to kind of butcher this. Is it Scoville level? Yeah, school, yeah, school, it's, yeah, the Scoville scale. I think it's yeah. Scoville scale, for, right? For, like, pe- for peppers and things like that, yeah. yeah. I wish there was a way to kind of integrate that because at least it gives you a barometer. 100%, 100%. And I'm going to take this opportunity because I do have a favorite show of mine. Okay, here we go. It's called Hot Ones. Ah. And it's the interview uh, style. It's mainly on YouTube, which is, again, back to my YouTube thing. But this guy is just a master interviewer like him and his team do so much. They really extract just some great interviews. They've done Kevin Hart, Paul Rudd, um, uh, chef Gordon Ramsay. Like they, they've done all a-list celebrities and uh, Shia a- LaBeouf. A- April, and they're Ludgate. Great. Uh, April Ludgate. I know she, you're a big fan of hers. Yeah. Um, Aubrey <laughs> is her yes. real name. Aubrey, Pla- Aubrey Plaza. Exactly. Plaza. Yeah. No, she's great. <laughs> And and it's just hilarious. But they go from the lowest Scoville scale all the way up to like blow your mind. So it's I think it's around Frank's is around one thousand five hundred or three thousand, uh-huh. uh, and then they go up to two million. Yeah, that's that that is a little crazy. It it is just and it's such a good stick. It's ten wings, ten questions, and they go from that scale all the way up. And it's so you, awesome. so they so the tenth wing is the one that's off the charts. Yeah, but you can see them kind of like building up to it building up and 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 the flavor profile makes a big difference like it's not just hey the hottest one impacts right like one that's slightly lower down like wing number three might taste hotter because number five is balanced better with what they put in and and they make hot their own hot sauces i've purchased a lot of them oh have you are they good yeah yeah i'll I'll have to look into that And, and you know I, I I'm not one of these people who like would order like outrageous wing or whatever they call it on the menu where it's like habanero, you know, stuff that they can't even taste it because it's just so hot. So yeah. I think in a lot of places, if you, if you do have these weird flavors and habanero wing and things like that, you could kind of gauge how hot they are, but for the most part, you're just guessing. And, but to answer your, wow. Well, good. So great, I'm, great radio. I'm, you're showing me Queens majesty, jalapeno, tequila, and lime hot sauce. Nice. Yeah, I'm holding this up. This, I believe, is somewhere between 10,000 Scoville to 15,000 Scoville. But it's so well-balanced. Like you said, it's jalapeno, tequila, and lime hot sauce. Um, mm-hmm. I've started making some at home myself, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So it's hard. Uh, I, 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 to answer your original question is, yes, spicy. I do love the spicy. And uh, strangely enough, um, well, not strangely enough, blue cheese. So the the quality of blue cheese mm-hmm. at a at a restaurant is also very very key. I, I will almost go. So there's a restaurant, a local place um, called Archie Moore's. That's a New Haven in New Haven that has like been around forever, and they've branched out and have have other um, other franchises around the state. And their wings vary from sometimes they're really good, sometimes they're god awful, but their blue cheese is phenomenal. So we are actually back before when you could go to restaurants would actually go to Archie Moore's if you know just because we knew their wings had a chance of being really good. But their blue cheese was spectacular. They made it there. It was homemade. Just made a total difference as opposed to when you go to some of these restaurants and they have phenomenal wings and they throw the blue cheese down and it's something like you pull the tab off of. Yeah. And it's like generic blue cheese that they ordered from Cisco and it's god awful. And I'm like, you know, the wings are great, but the blue cheese sucks. So yeah, not, that not, makes coming, big... not coming back here. And where do you fall on ranch? <sighs> I know I love ranch dressing. I, I you put it on my salads, but 100% no. It's and a hard what's your... No. What's your opinion of someone that, you know, you're ordering wings, you're, you're, and they were like, can you get some ranch? 
What's your immediate thought? Uh, sh- shout out to Dan Heinrich, my former colleague, who would only order ranch um, at, when we ordered, ate buffalo wings. And it's probably one of the main reasons I stopped going out for wings with him. Just, in, I mean, because you know what? You order them. And again, not, not to, not to, <laughs> does he on. know that? Did you ever tell him? Of course. Okay. Of course, All right. of course I did. But, you know, not to slag off on like the quality of service, but you go to some of these places and Dan's ordering ranch. And then the wings come in that instead of getting blue cheese and ranch, you get just ranch or you get two ranches. And I'm like, by the time I get my blue cheese, my wings are now not as crispy as they were, not as hot as they were. And all because Dan had ordered it's it's here it is. It's the same rationale when I go to a out for a burger and I go with somebody who orders their burger other than medium rare. And I'm like, I won't go with them because in the end, if they order it medium or medium well, chances are good. My burger is not going to be cooked the same as is not going to be cooked like I want. It's going to be cooked more similar to how they ordered it. And so, no. So, so hard no on the, on the ranch. So yeah. Selfish, Hopefully I know. this is selfish, illuminating selfish. some light on, on why Bill has ever stopped going out to eat with you. Yes. If you're wondering so, why I've never gone out to eat with you after that initial time, typically it's because it's because of one of those two things you either. And again, my, as you know, my two favorite food groups are burgers and wings. So I, I, that's why we're bringing up these topics, Bill. So, and, um, so before quickly, we jump off this topic, really, no, 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 really hang quick. on, hang on. I've, I've got more. I've got more. But okay. so, out of um, the hot rating, like using you out of ten, right? Like mm-hmm. if ten, your own ten mm-hmm. is like melting your mouth. Uh-huh. Where would you order? Where, ideally, what's the zone you're hitting? Eight. Okay. Se- so seven. You, I could handle hot. But handle hot. Okay. And luckily, my wife can too. My wife can handle more heat than that's I great. can. Um, yeah. Uh, we might want to edit that part. Um, but, um, no, my, what my wife, uh, can eat hot food. She likes spicy food. She can so. handle the spice. I like She it. can handle the spice. So we could go for, I mean, if she can handle you, not. which is pretty sure. spicy, sure. I mean, that that's a good indication. Very so true. the other, uh, uh, side of this, uh, equation is making wings at home. And I know sure. you've experimented a lot with this. So sure. Give us your quick breakdown on if someone's out there wanting to do it at home, give them the quick run rundown. So. I've been since, you know, since the pandemic hit, obviously wings, wings at home have become very important to us. Um, so we bought an air fryer, um, which if you don't have an air fryer, wholly, totally suggest, uh, that, that you get one. So what what's, I do, what's for, the range of price? Just so people, I think we got it on Amazon for like 90 bucks. Okay. And, and make sure you get it. So key, key consumer tip for you, you, uh, you people listening out there, make sure you get like a big one because the, the smaller ones can only fit like six wings in there, which is kind of a waste. Maybe they're um, trying to save chickens. That's a hundred percent. You know what? I'm wondering if the chicken like lobby has been uh, uh, integral to to the sale of small air fryers. Is that possible? PETA. I think they would. I think PETA they'd want to go on. the other way. Or, no, uh, no, stay woke because they'd want less wings to be cooked. Right? Are you talking about PETA? PETA, yeah, PETA is like okay. behind that. So that's the chicken that. lobby, PETA, same thing. But either way, so let's not. Uh, we digress. Um, air so fryer. What I, what I do is these are my top, these are, these are like the best wings I've made since in, in this whole uh, year long pandemic. I have a smoker outside, it's an electric smoker. So uh, not, not really a, a real smoker, but uh, it's an electric smoker, very easy to use. So I smoke my wings. So I take the wings, cut them, you know, get buy the wings fresh at the grocery store, cut them into, into the drum mat, into the, into the wing and then, and take off the tip. I then put some pepper on them and a little bit of the hot of the wing sauce that I'm going to use, be it like Frank's Red Hot Wing Sauce or Archie Moore's sells their sauce here. Uh, Moore's sauce is also very good. I put a little bit of it on there, put them in a little bag, baggy overnight in the fridge and marinate them for, you know, 
14, whatever it is, 24 hours, however it is, and I'm going to eat them the next day. Next day, put them in the smoker, smoke them for about 30 minutes. So just give them a little blast of smoke and then take them out of the smoker, put them in the air fryer, put them in the air fryer for um, roughly, since they've already been smoked and heated up a little bit, typically do the air fryer for about 10 minutes. Tip, if, if you don't smoke them ahead of time, 24 minutes is the, is the sweet spot, 12 minutes on each side. Uh, but if smoking them, do them for about 10 minutes, five minutes, temperature? Uh, four, uh, 390. <laughs> the air fryer, the air fryer, you, you realize when you look at air fryer recipes, almost everything's cooked on 390 in an air fryer. But um, and make sure you preheat it, too, because that's a key. Um, so do that for five minutes. Pull them out after five minutes. Toss them in the rest of the sauce then throw them back in again for another five minutes and bake, like fry the sauce in and they come out magical. Smoky, the sauce is already baked in so you don't have to pour the sloppy sauce over them and just phenomenal, phenomenal wings. And that's pretty much how I do them. If I don't, can't get at the smoker for weather reasons why or anything such as that, um, I just do 24 minutes, do the same marinating process and then do uh, 12 minutes, pull them out, sauce them, throw them back in for 12 minutes and they come out, come out great. That does sound good. And, and Bill, I was doing my own research on this uh, mm -hmm. because I love eating wings, but I don't have the desire to go cook them. Like I just, uh, I, I like cooking other stuff, but uh, I have a good buddy of mine who's also a wings connoisseur mm -hmm. and it, it, he doesn't have a smoker, but would huge proponent of the air fryer. He's like tested everything. So that mm -hmm. is definitely holding true. Now what he does to add a little bit of crispness mm -hmm is he experimented with flour and it didn't work, but he uses cornstarch. And then that adds uh, an element of crispiness. So he, he dredges the wings in cornstarch before yeah. he throws them in? Yeah. Yeah. But but like it's it's to, you dredge them, but then like you really only want a thin coating. So like that was the one differential. And then he also makes his own sauce, which is a combination of like, um, he uses Frank's, a little bit of Worcestershire sauce, cayenne pepper, um, butter, and or he thinks margarine is better mm -hmm. to like, blend it in and salt and that kind of stuff so that's yeah, what so, he does yeah i'm not, not a fa it all sounds good and but you know basically he's making fried chicken with the cornstarch i mean it's just like flour and cornstarch you might as well make fried chicken that's not a wing but tell, tell, tell him kudos to him good for him but it's not he's not making buffalo wings he's making some little pieces of fried chicken which is fine which is fine. No, no, no shade on your buddy, whoever. I don't know him, but no shade on him. Well, you do know him, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, so another good thing about cooking from home is like wings are freaking expensive. I mean, remember the days when we were in, I mean, I'm a lot older than you. So when we were in college, we used to go to happy hours at bars and wings were free. Like they'd have like, you really? know, happy hour, happy hour and like, like trays of wings that were free. And then, then it became like, you know, 10 cent wing night and 20 cent wing night. Now you go to a bar, like wings are like, dollar yeah. fifty two dollars a piece like you could have played at 10 wings and it's like 1995 so you're so right i forgot it's ridiculous and, yeah. and even at the grocery store if you don't go to costco if you go to like a regular grocery store they're like four bucks a pound i mean yeah. i know why now because all these chickens get killed for them <laughs> so it's it's a small price to pay i suppose but jesus i mean like incredible how expensive it is for chicken wings it, it, so picture this so picture you went and bought a like a steak or any other kind of you know food and the smallest part of piece of that food is more expensive than the biggest part. Like, so you buy a chicken wing, it's three eighty nine pound. You buy a chicken thigh, which is arguably a better flavor and better part of the chicken to eat. And it's like 89 cents a pound. It just, <laughs> do chickens have that many more thighs than they do wings? I just don't get it. I don't understand. Talk to me. Somebody from the chicken lobby, call me. 
Well, at, I think you, at Buck you, Squash at squashradio at gmail.com. Let us know why are chicken thighs so much cheaper than chicken wings. I think right now you're kind of like a chicken running around without its fair. head on. It's so the it's the coffee. It's fair. the coffee. It, we can I can hear it in your voice, but I'm going to use this as an opportunity to transition. <laughs> Thank so, you. So uh, I'm going to save you from yourself, Bill. But uh, quick. Quick note, we got we to gotta sponsor and we got to thank them. So Baya Sports, some of the best I, shoes out there, especially for squash on the market. How are you using your, your shoes? So as we talked about the last episode, I, we got, I got my Baya Sports shoes. And since I can't play squash because of COVID and the courts aren't available to me. Um, so what I typically do when I get a new pair of shoes is I you know take them out of the box, throw the box away, and then put the shoes on, break them in and, and wear them, and then obviously start playing squash with them. And by now... In the two weeks since I've had them, they probably would have been perfect, right? So what I've done with the bias is might be sign juvenile. Um, and it's the child in me. So what I've done is I, I've kept the box. So I actually keep the shoes in the box. So they're like they're brand new. So whenever I wear them, it's like I take them out of the box and it's still because I don't want to lose that brand new feeling that I get from getting a new pair of squash shoes. So every time I wear them now, I take them out of the box like they're new and they feel like they've been broken in because you know, those shoes, that's what they are. They're, they're shoes that you could wear right out of the box, which is very unusual. They're not the cardboard yeah. feeling where they feel like you're wearing the box basically. So I, I take them out and I put them on. I wear them when I go out to the store, I wear them pretty much everywhere I can when the weather's good. Cause, cause not only are they comfortable and like really, really nice feeling shoe, they look awesome. They really yeah. look cool. And I get so many comments on them when I go to like the, the grocery store or go to, uh, you know, the liquor store and they see the guy always, you know, not that I go to the liquor store a lot, but when I do go, the guy's like, always like, wow, those are fucking, those, oops, those are nice. Those, those are, are really nice. Those are yeah. fresh. And plus nobody's ever seen them before. Cause in, in you know, in the Northeast uh, by, you know, they're not, they're not big yet. So when they do get big, people are going to be like, I, they, I was on the, uh, you know, the forefront of the, of the buyer revolution as we're going to call that, I think. I think so. And I, you know, I really like the design as well. And I actually can't wait for more designs to come. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The, anyway. the red, white, and blue 4th of July. You know, typically on Fourth of July, I wear flip flops because it's hot and it's warm and stuff. But I may rock my bias shoes uh, in the red, white, and blue design on Fourth of July. Yeah. So. Well, I love them. Uh, you can go to biasports.us, biasports.us, and check them out for yourself and um, yeah. thank uh, and support one of our sponsors. So, yeah. let's uh, let's go into the main breakdown using the Super Bowl. We're going to be talking about gambling. So, give us the high level, and we're going to get into it. Why is why is gambling important? So uh, what, what spurred uh, me to think that we should talk about this topic uh, and when, how, it, how it's going to relate to squashes. So there was an article a few early this week um, uh, about NBC. NBC, which is a big cover, cover, you know, covers golf very closely, professional golf. For the first time at the Waste Management Tournament that's taking place this weekend is having a side-by-side -side show on their Peacock app or Peacock network um, about gambling, prop gambling during golf, like live gambling, which is really been huge in football for a long time. Um, so basically guy, people can watch the show and they'll have gambling experts there that will tell you what, if you were in a state that allows like live gambling on your app, on your phone with FanDuel or any of these other uh, gambling apps that you could, things you could bet on during a golf tournament. So not just bet on, you know, Hey, who's going to win the golf tournament, but hole by hole, you could bet on, Hey, Jordan Spieth, he's on the 16th tee. You could live bet that Jordan Spieth's going to, whether he's going to birdie this hole, bogey this hole. So it's gambling. Uh, so it's kind of spurred this thing that I think the future is going to be live gambling on sports. And, you know, mm. once all the states allow it. So this being Super Bowl weekend, 
where you know more people gamble, even like people who don't normally gamble, bet on uh, bet on the Super Bowl. Um, uh, I think it's a good a good topic to talk about and where the future of sports is going and where where squash would fit in and fit in with that. So let's give a little bit of the landscape here because the way that I distinguish this is that there's become gambling historically was also felt, felt very much like in the back room and like it was you know illegal that kind of stuff. So w- what I would say is there's a trend towards increased legalization of gambling, right? Which I think makes it safer for everyone. And so let's call that kind of um, legalized gambling. But then there's also gambling with friends, and we're kind of going to go toggle a little bit back and forth. But let's talk about the evolution of legalized gambling. Because, um, you know, for me, fantasy football is really what sparked this kind of fan engagement. And, you know, give, give us a little bit of the context there of like the, 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 the path of, towards legalized gambling. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So in the, in the past, Vegas, right? The only place you could really go and legally bet on sports for years and years. And people used to make pilgrimages on, you know, football Sundays and March Madness weekends and things such as that. It was a pilgrimage. You go to Vegas, you go to the sports book where you could, instead of having to pick up the phone and call, you know, your shady bookie and put, you know, $50 on so-and-so, you could actually legally do it at a sports bar while you were watching the game. So it was a cool thing to do. And then fantasy football became a thing and people got into fantasy leagues and, you know, there was money behind that. And it was like a whole season. You'd, you know, put your players in, you were like more like a general manager, you know, moving your pieces back and forth uh, in order to win the championship. And that evolved into daily fantasy where these gambling sports things on your phone, you could do daily fantasy instead of having a whole team the whole year. And amongst the same group of guys, you're basically could put, you know, pick Tom Brady, for that day. And, you know, he could score 50 fantasy points for you, however that worked out and you could win money doing that. And so that has now evolved into live betting. So now live betting is the thing. And I, I know it's legal in Pennsylvania uh, on your phone and I know it's legal in Michigan. Um, I'm sure other States to follow. I'm not sure what other States it's legal in, but basically that means that you could be watching a football game right now. You could watch the Super Bowl today and you could on your phone, before a play is snapped, uh, bet whether Tom Brady's going to throw the ball or they're going to run the ball. How do you, like where where do I if I want to do it today? How do I do that? Uh, well, I don't. Living in Connecticut, I don't think you can. I think you okay. need to be in the state. So people actually drive to the state that they want to gamble on if they're going to bet on their phones, not live obviously, but they could drive for the day and do it. Um, but I think in only right now, Michigan, Pennsylvania. I could be wrong. There could be other states, but those are the two on so the let's forefront say- of this. You and I take a drive to Philly. Yep. What are we downloading? FanDuel.com, uh, BarstoolSports.com, PointBets.com. There's a lot of them. A oh, lot of them. So it just and, depends who 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 you're more comfortable with. And probably, I'm saying FanDuel probably has an edge on all of this, I'm guessing, because they were on the forefront of Daily Fantasy. So they really got the football fans in, on, football fans in early. And so for Fantasy Football, which was, I just saw that as like, really some people that didn't even care about the sport, but just got into the sport of betting. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a high level fan engagement. Are you saying that that's sort of declining now? Uh, the, the, the daily fantasy, not the overall fantasy football leagues would go the whole year has told, has really declined. Oh, interesting. It, it's it's okay. not, not necessary more. And it's a grind. I mean, it's like anything else. It's, it's, it's a commitment where you have a draft and then each week you need to, you know, maneuver your player. So there, it, still done and there's still a lot of fantasy league football things but the um the daily fantasy and the live sports betting the daily fantasy especially has really yeah. really uh changed the landscape 
Well, let's also kind of, you know, I think here, Bill, you've been early on about this and we've talked about it. So I'm excited to start getting some of this on the air that um, I agree. There's just, if we're looking at trends that it's already, it's going to head this way, right? So, but there's still a lot of things that aren't clear. So let's spell out some of the obvious, like what is, let's talk about what's the upside of sports betting in general. And then what's the downside? So where do you want to start? Let's let's do upside first because you know the downside is kind of depressing <laughs> a lot okay. of ways. So let's 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 do the upside first. I think the upside is the engagement. So somebody like me who's not who may not be a fan of that sport or a you know a big fan of fan of a sport I'm watching. If if you are a gambler, you could it, it engages you. So let's you know let's jump right in with um, you know so football today. So it's Super Bowl. So you, of course you could bet the Super Bowl today if you want. You could bet who's going to win by the point spread. You could bet who's going to win by the money line, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but also more, more fun actually for people who, who aren't normal gamblers to, you know, you could bet on who's going to win the coin flip. You know, you could bet on who's going to have most yards, who's going to score the uh, first touchdown. Will there be a safety? Um, you know, who's going to, who's going to win, uh, who's going to throw the first interception, things such as that, who's going to, the, the myriad of like what they call prop bets really brings in the, the non-gambler, if, if if it were, like the person who's not really like, hey, I'm going to take the uh, the Tampa Bay minus three and a half because I think, you know, and then watch the whole game. Because you, you're engaged. the playing field, right? Where it's regardless of how well you know the sport, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because there's doesn't a lot matter. of dirt. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It, 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 it's more, for, and it's more for fun because that you could win a bet basically in the first five seconds. Of, so there's a prop bet and uh, the odds on it are pretty astronomical about whether the opening kickoff will be returned for a touchdown. So you could bet like a hundred dollars to win like a thousand dollars if you want to bet that. So that's something that you could win money of this in the Super Bowl or win a bet in literally the first ten seconds of the Super Bowl instead of having to wait the whole game. You've been saying prop bet. Is that what's the terminology behind that? Proposition, I believe, okay. is what it's. Yeah, I believe it's a proposition bet. It's like certain certain. You know, good good. Connor, I wish you had prepped me for this, and I could have looked it up and said because I know it's probably prop. Well, what are some of the other terms that we might need to know? So money line is, is really, and I think this one, and, and we'll jump into, um, we'll jump into to squash. Um, uh, when we jump into squash, we'll talk about it because money line bets will probably be more, more, uh, more prevalent than in, in most other sports. So okay. money, money line is, is a big deal and it seems like it might be hard to understand, but it's really not. So today the, uh, the Super Bowl, uh, 3.5, uh, 3.5 point favorites, the Kansas City Chiefs are over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that means uh, that they're favored by not a huge amount, but 3.5 is a decent, you know, for football, pro football especially, it's a decent amount. Um, so the money line for that game is Tampa Bay plus 135. So plus means that you're the underdog. So what that means is you could bet $100 to win $135 on Tampa Bay. Meanwhile, Kansas City's money line is minus 165, which means you need to bet $165 to win 100. So it's odds, but it's called yeah. it's called it's called money line instead of odds in sports. And it's it's uh it's how okay. more people bet the money line than bet than bet the point spread in football these days. So Okay, well that's that's helpful terminology. So going back to the upside, we talked about fan engagement. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else? Yeah, I, I would say fan, fan engagement's the, the, the a huge deal. So let's take squash. So, so well, and but let's spell that out. So fan engagement also, I think, and I don't know. This is new terrain for me. Other than hey, it exists. Mm-hmm. But I think the other thing it does is it brings dollars into that sport. Oh, for sure. 
for sure. It is proposition, by the way. So this will bring money back into the sport, right? So I, I, I'm not quite sure, I, I guess peripheral, like, I don't know what the word is, um, tangentially, maybe it will, because more people will be interested in it. So more people will buy tickets, more people will watch on TV. So more people will support sponsors. So I don't, I don't so know. So maybe not more. direct dollars, but indirect. Right. So I don't know if how much money like the NFL gets from FanDuel, you know, uh, doing their daily fantasies or doing their, their live betting, but obviously more people watch football because of it. So I think it's more eyes on the sport. Yeah. Um, and then let's, uh, cause I think we're going to spend some, another episode where we kind of dive into more of like the cautionary tales or the downside, but what would you spell out, um, are the potential downsides? Well, obviously, um, gambling, gambling is a vice, uh, and if not done, uh, properly, you know, if, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, as they say, but, um, obviously like anything else, gambling's addictive and people <laughs> could, could go down a, uh, a bad path with gambling, but to the sport itself, I would say, uh, tennis, I think is a cautionary tale where there are reports and obviously in some true, some not, and people being arrested for, uh, match fixing. So, the, I, I mean, that's kind of happened. That's been somewhat ubiquitous and whether it's in, I've seen this in NBA, in college sports, um, in FIFA. So, yeah. So I guess match manipulation is, match, is I think, I think it's the one fear of every sport, especially the sport. I mean, obviously it's a huge, once you lose the integrity of the sport, uh, when it comes to gambling, that's when people would, would stop gambling on your sport. Basically, if you thought it was fixed. Uh, or you yeah. thought it was manipulated around the lines. I, I was always not naively. Uh, so remember, do you remember the sport of high lie? Mm -hmm. So there used to be a, a high lie in Newport and a high lie in Connecticut. And, you know, that was, that was a sport that was obviously fixed. And you would see these guys play like amazing, like make the most athletic plays. A little, look a little like squash, actually, if you ever watched highlight, because it was off the wall, two guys playing. And these people would climb the walls and just make remarkable plays. Athleticism was off the charts. And then when it came to like the guy, the, the underdog was going to win, all of a sudden the ball would hit his uh, siesta or sesta, whatever they called it. And he, he would look like he's never played, played highlight before. So you knew that it was fixed, right? You knew that it's like this guy wasn't going to win. But the way I looked at it was I didn't know before I bet who, what it was fixed for. So it didn't make a difference to me. Right. So I was just a, like a novice better. So what difference did I care about if it was fixed? Because I didn't know going in who it was fixed for. So it didn't affect me either way. I was still gambling. But I think when it comes now, people are, you know, for sports that people actually follow, it's a little different story. So if you're actually following like squash or football or something like that, if somebody actually took a dive, as it were, you would, uh, you would lose all interest in gambling or even following that sport. If it started to garner that reputation that teams, people weren't trying to win. Yeah. So that's well, the down, that is for sure the downside. Yeah. Well, let's also go to, um, so there's, there's two parts. I think there's the professional slash like legalized mm -hmm. gambling. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's also, you know, fun with friends. And I think something that you've always done a really good job of bill is like, whether we're playing golf or even going to the baseball game, you, there's little bets that we can do that just keeps it fun and engaging to really, it makes it fun to play that sport or watch that sport. So for me, golf and like you and I playing golf has been a really interesting one, but also going to the baseball game. Where passing, you like put, passing the hat and passing the hat yeah. yeah things like that so i think i think connor what this this new live gambling does it takes that experience and as opposed to doing it with your buddy you're sitting next to you can do it at home when you can't sit next to your buddy at a baseball game or you can't no, no, sit. a hundred percent but like let's spell out if you are 
because it's still going to be there unless you're saying that you and I, when we play golf next time, we're going to be on our phones versus just having our own bets. So no, no, I, I understand what you're saying, but so but, let's let's spell out what those fun well, with friends bets are. Well, golf is obviously the one that I could think of the most of all. So when you play golf, so I we play I play golf often. I play golf with you often. Um, we're not very good at it, but we do play. And I, I can't play golf unless I gamble on it. And it's the only thing I really do gamble on. So and yeah. it's small small wagers, but we play. You know what's called the Nassau play you know two dollars play match play like they do in the Ryder cup two dollars for the front two dollars for the back two dollars for the overall automatic pushes if you're two down two holes down dollars for birdies um and things such as that so i mean that's it's hard it's honestly i'm so glad that you're good at it because it's hard for me to keep track of but what it does is on <laughs> that's why i always make you pay afterwards <laughs> yeah so no i mean just like you ever notice connor you shoot like an 85 and i shoot 102 and you give me six bucks at the end of the round yeah, well, that's that's yeah. called market manipulation. <laughs> but um, no, what it does is it keeps you and in golf, there's 18 holes and, mm -hmm. you know, obviously you can have blow up holes, but it just means that every hole counts and you kind of reset. And sometimes it's hard to catch up, but really it does make it kind of that reset that, hey, you can you can have fun. So I agree that now keeps, when I play. Yeah, keeps you and keeps you engaged in the uh, in the in the game. What's so the thought of actually going out and playing golf and not like having like a, a bet going on or a match going on. I can't even, can't even fathom it. And there's so many different things you could do in golf with Nassau's and with playing Wolf and just all kinds of playing skins and just, and it doesn't have to be for a lot of money. Okay. Yeah. So, so either way, I think it just shows that there are ways that it, it's just, and again, it, it makes it more interesting. And for me, who's not a aficionado in other sports, um, it just makes it fun. And it, it, in squash, when I, especially when I'm bringing new people to the sport, that it's a very confusing sport to understand. I'm just saying, right. hey, I simplify it. That say, hey, we're going to play a game. You get to pick who do you think is going to win this point. It's usually for a buck as well, a dollar. And um, you get to pick. Like, so if it's Galtier versus Palmer, you say, I pick Galtier, right? And if mm -hmm. you win, you get to pick the next point. So maybe you, you're going to double down that you think right. Galtier is on a streak right. and you get to go. When you lose, then it goes to the other person who then gets to pick. And so the game, the way I play is if there's a let, it's an automatic double. Ah, so that's it goes cool. one, two, four dollars, eight dollars, right? If there's three lets, like it, that, it, that, it, yeah, no, I understand. It, so, so now, now that my my synopsis, not that I wasn't listening to you, but now that my uh, my synopsis are kicking in about the baseball past the hat thing, the, the the premise of that started, and I'm wondering if you could do it in squash also, actually, because the ball stays on court during squash, so you can. So the premise of, I believe, the first premise of past of past the hat in baseball was at the end of the half inning the ball always gets rolled towards the mound for the pitcher to warm up when he comes out. And if the ball gets rolled to the mound, if it stayed on the mound, you won the money. If you were holding the hat, if it's rolled off the mound and onto the grass, instead of staying on the dirt part of the mound, you had to put money into the kitty and pass it to the next person. And every half inning, it jumped and it depended, you know, whether you were throwing 10 bucks in each half inning, it could become a pretty good uh, uh, thing. So with squash, you could do it. Will the ball cross the, uh, the length line? Like, like at the, at the end of the thing, where's the, where's the ball end up at the end of the, uh, at the end of the uh, game when they throw it back on the court, does it end up up front or does it stay in the back? So there you go. Just started I, a new game for you, Connor. Yeah. Well, speaking of new games that we started, and I think I've shared with these before, how often have you played squash bingo? <laughs> ne never, never, never. Well, we, we, this was actually a really fun uh, game. We worked at, at squash on fire. Uh, in preparation for the world, uh, the men's world team championships hosted in 2019, we wanted to try and introduce people to the sport and and get it. And so we created squash bingo, and it, was, it got kind of a cult following, like 30 to 30 to 
50 people routinely showing up at the max. I think we had about 120, 130. Wow. And, um, you know, it was me on the mic and we made up these cards and it'd be things like, hey, if there's a no let, right? So there's this frequency of like no lets, lets, but then it would also be, you'd have to have the, the tough ones, like serve the ball out, which has happened, right? Or, or uh, a game is under 10 minutes or a game, one game is over 20 minutes, right? So kind of, you have these marginal kind of calls right. and right. Yeah, it, it really, and yeah, we'd, that... put, we'd put prizes behind it. Everything from a racket to a free drink at the bar to lessons so like you know i mean these were yeah uh, no that's a that, t-shirt that's, that's a fun way to do it without actually getting into gambling like where there's you know an, an issue you could actually have kids be involved with that and it would still be oh fun. there were yeah no and it was ton and by the way we also did this it didn't matter if it was live we would do replays right right no what, what difference does it make right you're it, not, because you're not making up your own card you're being given a card right you're being given a card and it's still very much randomized that you can't right. mark it and it's still you go out so it was really fun, and if anyone wants to know more about squash bingo, uh, we do have it. <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless well, plug. Uh, no, I, 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 it's, it's not. It's, uh, I want more people. Again, it's talking about fan engagement. How can we get it out there? And so, yeah, no, I got gotcha. you. So, so let's talk about before we end this because um, we are coming up onto our time. Let's talk about like if squash, like if, if legalized betting came to every state and you could live bet during squash. So, like, I'm we're going to watch a match and say you know, Ali Farag is playing a qualifier in, in the first round. So, you know, number one, you could bet on, it'd be a money line, you know, you could bet on Ali Farag, uh, you know, um, minus a thousand, or you could bet on the qualifier, you know, plus 800 or something like that. But I think what would engage people in squash. So instead of actually, when you go to a lot of squash tournaments, you see people kind of paying attention during rallies, they get, they lose their, lose their interest a little bit. And there's a lot of talking going on. And especially if there's drinking going on, but if there's gambling on every point, like, so you could bet on the spin. So that could be a bet, a prop bet that you do on your, you click the phone before the match starts and whether who's going to win the spin, you could bet on that. You could bet on under over of points per game. You could get, do lines per game. So if I'm playing, you know, Ali Farag's playing a qualifier, the qualifier is getting five points. And if you bet the first game and bet the qualifier, even if Ali Farag wins, but if he only wins, you know, 11-7, you win. So there's things such as that, money line games, you know, how many games the match is going to take. Would, so so there's time, so much. Time, time would be one? Time time of the game would be one of them for sure. There's this Number squad, of lets, would that be? No, number no, of lets, not. would that would be, that would be, well, I guess you could. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if that would be something. Um, what about uh, number of winners? Like Knicks, I think that would also be because I think that might be um, too much in the weeds, too much subjective, like too, too, too subjective, okay. right? You wouldn't know, like, oh, was that a winner or was that really a Nick? Yeah, and I think that would be too much for okay, because well, again, it's got to be instant gratification, also, because there's nothing worse when you're doing like um, live sports betting. And I don't do it, but my friends who live in Pennsylvania do, and you find like you bet that like the running back would get over 100 yards rushing, and then uh, then you find out at the end of the game when they do, and you think you won your bet, and then in the stats it turned out like they really went back and reviewed the film, and he only had ninety eight because they did this. And although why, because the whole point of it is you want to know why you were watching, whether you won or not, right? That's yeah. that. That's the fun of it. So no, it's that's a good point, and uh, and um, uh, and that was a really good clarification for me. It has to be objective, so there's no subjectivity. Right. That's that's really the key. That for, for I think for anything in gambling, it has to be. You can't say, well, you know that 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 that's why. Like, pick, pick, it's funny. So one of the big bets, prop bets for the Super Bowl is who's going to be the MVP. 
and talk about that's subjective, right? That's voted right. on. So right. you're, you're gambling on somebody else's opinion, not what actually happened on the field. Uh, Cause Tom Brady could throw for 350 yards, but lose. And he, he's obviously the most valuable player of the player of the game, but he doesn't, he doesn't win because they didn't win the game. So, uh, but yeah, so I think in squash, it would like the fan, can you imagine sitting watching a squash match? Like on a, you know, you go to some of these squash matches, like the early rounds that are played in front of not too many people and you're sitting there or you're sitting at home watching on PSA TV and you're able to like, like click a button on your phone and make a bet on whether the, you know, Ali Farag is going to win this next game. And he's like, uh, like an un, uh, a favorite by six points. I think that would be a blast. Yeah. I think it'd be a great way to, uh, and there's certainly, look, I think that like anything that is, that becomes legalized, there's, there's upsides, there's downside, but you know, yep. I really do think that this will be, it's the future of sport. And I think because the, the, you know, we talked to start this off the golf channel thing. And I think NBC and these other networks are realizing that without tiger woods, although people, more people are playing golf because of the pandemic, less people are watching golf. And once Tiger is gone, it's really going to be golf fans only who watch like, and, and so they need, they're going to need the engagement to keep golf on the radar and keep, you know, people watching the golf channel yeah. and people watching CBS besides, you know, besides like the masters and things like that where non fans watch. And I think they doing what they did this weekend, that's gutsy by gutsy by the NBC uh, guys basically saying this is going to be the future of sports is live gambling. It's the way to keep people engaged in sports. You know, I, I think I need to start queuing this up to give you the last word because that feels like another good last word to kind of end this on. Is there anything else you want to you want to add in there on the waves? Uh, looking forward to the Super Bowl uh, and um, j- just know. So so the preparation for this uh, for this podcast um we were supposed to just to be open to our listeners out there. We were scheduled to do this podcast yesterday. So I had prepared feverishly for this podcast yesterday. I ate wings for lunch because we were going to do it right after late in the afternoon. And I smoked a cigar. So my voice was really gravelly yesterday afternoon. So I was, I just know I was prepped for this. And then you, know, you pulled the plug on it and we did it uh, this morning. So basically now, instead of getting wing, having eaten wings and gravelly voice bill with, after smoking cigar, you got um, coffee bill. So. Well, I mean, that's a good way. And uh, we're going to close this out, but we, we do do the fan follow-up, which we're, we are listening to put out there anywhere. <laughs> my, on, favorite, on, my, my favorite segment. <laughs> Bill loves it. Uh, squashradio at gmail.com or on any of the social media. Or if you, you know, Bill is loving all the text messages that he's getting, which we're going to dive into. But if you want to bounce here, we hope you enjoy uh, a little bit of winging it with some understanding a little bit more of the betting that could go on in sports. And if you're uh, a football fan out there, we hope you enjoy the Super Bowl. So before we go to the to the uh, fan follow-up, just those of you who are texting me and emailing me saying, hey, Bill, do your own podcast, lose Connor as your co-host, that's, that's mean. Just FYI, that's mean. Just want that out there. Well, thanks, Bill. No that's problem. That's a good note. All right. Bias Sports shoes are designed for racket sport players by racket sports players with the knowledge that if a shoe can withstand the rigors of squash, then it will have no problem holding up for any other indoor court sport. No matter what your sport, the Bia Force X is the performance shoe of choice for competition at the highest level. All right, Bill, this is your favorite segment. It's called the fan follow-up. Isn't it fantastic? It is fantastic, Connor. Uh, fan okay. follow up. So we, we are getting, um, you know, some feedback on our podcast. Uh, a lot of, um, you know, hey. Well, let, the- let, 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 me, let, me, sure. let me jump in here and, and get a little structure because, Bill. You know, well, I don't like structure, but go ahead. I know, I know. But we put it out there that mm-hmm. it was actually your birthday recently. And yeah. for yeah. me, 
uh, you know, I do listen to our our fans, and it's uh, I said happy birthday, Bill, mm-hmm. the leading co-host of the breakdown, Bill Buckingham. Happy birthday! Nice, nice. Got a lot of engagement on Facebook. Well, and and Instagram and all the other Twitter spheres, but yeah, yeah. So um, happy birthday, man! Thank you, thank you. I feel a year older uh, in this in the pandemic. It's uh, just another day. You can't really go out to dinner or anything like that, or do the normal birthday stuff. So uh, it was good, just chilling out at home. But uh, it, uh, as you said on the uh, social media sphere, you get a lot of happy birthday wishes from uh, people you haven't talked to in years, haven't seen in decades, and uh, but uh, night. Great. What was good is a bunch of people who wish me uh, happy birthday or texted me happy birthday. I hadn't heard from a while mentioned the podcast and we're like, hey, love listening to the podcast. Um, suggest you do this and, uh, you know, suggest you guys talk about this and that. Um, as we've talked about before, it, it is ostensibly a squash podcast, I guess, because it's part of the squash radio. But very few people <laughs> say, say, hey, you guys should do this on squash. It's always, hey, talk about this. You guys should talk about golf. You guys should talk about. Wins. Yeah, no, I. I think it's a, it's becoming that interesting area that a lot of different connection points and it's both in it's always around a topic of squash and how it impacts squash but we certainly talk about different aspects but in terms of one of the fan follow-ups I got this was from one of my cousins mm-hmm. who said oh I listened to a TBD with you and Bill love his voice so what was, I, you your, know, what was what's your cousin's first name I'm not gonna just their first that. just their first name no I'm not gonna disclose it. Well, who, whomever this cousin is, uh, just know if we had done the podcast yesterday after smoking a cigar, if you think you love my voice now, you would have really loved my voice yesterday. Well, good. And we also, we, we have gotten a few, uh, a lot of other engagements, so we're not going to uh, go through each one. But there's another one. Uh, there was one I wanted to call out where a gentleman said, because um, I put the, uh, the call out there about appointment viewing. Mm-hmm. And the poll is still open, though. And I think I'm still leading edge but um, you're certainly getting some on your side, the saying that like appointment viewing is is a known terminology. So, I, I, you know, I call I call it how it is, Bill, and we're putting it on the air. So, thank you for uh, that person saying uh, the break. <laughs> and what was kind of phrased was the breakdown is appointment viewing. And I don't want this to become like a, a constant thing. We talk about the appointment viewing because it's so it's such a thing. It's not even a poll. It's 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 a thing. And so I'm, I'm going to break tradition here because I typically don't like to talk about what's like personal gets sent to me and like texts and emails that get sent to me personally. But you texted me this morning and this is just shows how out of the loop you are and why you think that appointment viewing is not a term. You texted me this morning. Hey, when did Tom Brady start playing for the Buccaneers? And they made it to the Super Bowl. That's crazy. That was this morning. So <laughs> you, you 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 do realize no, that I'm like no no. You're saying that you were kidding. You were not kidding. Oh no, Bill. I'm hundred percent kidding. Come on, hundred percent. I just like I like you have a certain perception, and I like I like feeding that fuel. All right, all right. I I, I will fuel that fire for you. So so I'll recall. I thought that all you would, <laughs> no, I thought you'd get a good chuckle of that. No, of course I was paying attention when all right, all right. when Tom Tom Brady and. and yeah, there was all that out there in terms of, uh, you know, could Tom Brady do it? Was it him or Bilicek? Uh And it's it's pretty amazing. What's, what's I love on. the fact you're reading the, the phone. What You're looking down at your phone reading this. <laughs> Bilicek, that's good. And you know, and I don't know if, did you do it on purpose then? So, and when you re-listen to the podcast and when you do your editing, did you realize that you said excited about, base, you know, baseball, the end of baseball season, the Super Bowls today? Yeah, no, that was another okay. plug. Okay, good. Because, because Bill, if anything else, you've taught me a couple of different lines, and this is your line. Like you'll you'll call someone whose name is like Kelsey, you'll call them Casey. Uh-huh. 
And it's like, look, at this point, we're worried about dementia. So <laughs> <laughs> with your age. So that's, I think I think enough. certain jokes, you, yeah, you know, that's but fair again, enough. 100%, right? 100% fair. Uh, all, okay, all, so, all good. All good. So do, do you have another quick uh, favorite line? Because you talked about one of your favorite lines from the TOC was saying like, man, it's like Grand Central Station in here, right? Uh-huh. What's another one that you like to, and there's one that you've used with, on a lot of my friends that you love yes, to use. Yes. And Which one is it? My favorite all-time one is, of course, asking someone how old they are. <laughs> okay, so, so could, let, they, let, let's, let's, let's do it. You ready? I'm ready. Hey, hey, Connor, how old are you anyways? I'm 41. Dude, you need to get some sleep. Not sure it hits the same when it's set up like that. but No, I know, but, but it's at least people have to get a sense. And um, yeah, mixed reviews, I think, in, in, in real life. But <laughs> if anything, this always makes Bill laugh, which is kind of the whole point of this show. Anyway. Yes, that is. So. <laughs> I hope that's come across. All right, Connor. Um, enjoy the Super Bowl, and um, oh, oh, the, oh. Let me say the, the one fan engagement we got from last time was the person uh, connected with me because in our last TBD four, we patted ourselves on the back about keeping on schedule. I know, and saying, "Hey, you know, the greatest thing is we put these out, and the, the next day, they're you know, two days later, they're out on the air." And uh, the guy, the guy commented to me, he "Goes, how could you possibly pat yourself on the back for that when you didn't put one out for two weeks?" Fair enough, Bill. And and really, you know, um, thank you for doing all the heavy lifting on all this aspect. And it's, uh, I don't know how this would get done without you. Hey, did, does Bradley Cooper like, does he edit the movies? And no, he just acts. That's what, that's what I do. I, I, he, doesn't, he doesn't produce them. He doesn't, he doesn't. He, he, yeah, it, so. I, I get it, Bill. I get it. So I, I, the world does not want to hear about the labor pains. They just want to see the baby. <laughs> Well, I think everyone's picking up on the sense of like, you know, the talent that I'm dealing with over here. And is it, is it prima donna? Would that be? Uh, is that, is that so, so who's that? Cindy Lauper? Is she yeah, prima, is it, prima donna? Uh, I get it. I, th- I think you have a pretty good sense of this. All right. Well, thanks, Bill. And yeah, thanks for doing, uh, you know, being so willing to engage in the fan follow-up. Um, you know, I really appreciate it. So. I, I, look, I look forward to more fan follow-up. Connor, pleasure. I will see you next time on, uh, on TBD6. So let's. Let's let's effort to get this one out before like March Madness, since we talked about the Super Bowl. Appreciate if you're it. if you're listening here, I predict uh, Kansas City thirty five, Tampa Bay twelve. You heard it here. <laughs>